Martina Costula, you are uh, the vice chair of the Communist Party in Britain. You have a particular uh, orientation uh, towards China historically. Um, are you concerned that this is all getting out of control? Or do you think China is actually in control of events? We do think that China is in control of events. It is a cat that many people are trying to find a way to skin, but it is not going to be skinned easily. Uh, whatever comes out of China is a warning that if Western powers go against it, they will actually hurt themselves, uh, hurting their own interests. And this is exactly what we see. Uh, some countries, like New Zealand, is putting trade first. And it shows a, another possible way of actually learn to cooperate more instead of being uh, tied to the US war plans and be antagonistic towards China. And as you said, New Zealand does not, war, does not want these warships that are nuclear powered to be traveling its vast seas. So what we saw from New Zealand is an example. Uh, here is some sovereignty declared. Uh, in the sense that they are choosing to have bilateral relations with China and, um, and not do what Australia is doing, which is to put all the burden, this exorbitant expenditure for this military transfer, that of course is going to be uh, paid by the everyday Australian taxpayer. So China is our sixth uh, export partner, our fourth import partner, and it doesn't make sense for our interests to go against it. But you see, uh, our analysis is on imperialism, and what we see is an imperialist maneuver. And under imperialism, as Lord Palmerston said some 200 years ago, there are no permanent friendships, there are only permanent interests. And uh, I believe that France is outraged and we had some very interesting statements by the foreign minister, Le Drian, who said that uh, allies should not be doing that to each other. But there you are. They are doing it because we have a clash of interests. Uh, it is a very uh, clear provocation to China. And China, uh, very calmly, is suggesting more cooperation, the need for stability and development rather than conflict, because we will end up hurting ourselves at a time when we need to recover from this horrible pandemic and the crisis of capitalism. We know why Britain is doing it. Uh, one only has to look at the role of Britain in the Iraq war, uh, for example, uh, almost 20 years ago now. But why is Australia doing it? Uh, at least 30%, so almost a third of all Australian trade goes to China. China is a major investor in Australia. Why has Australia decided to pick a fight with China? Does it think somehow it's going to be towed into the Western Hemisphere? Does it not know that it's permanently where it is? China it is its uh, largest trading partner. But in terms of investment in Australia, you'll find that 40% of foreign investment comes from the US and the UK, and only 5% uh, 
um, right now comes from China and Hong Kong. So it's, they're putting specific interests, uh, at, uh, you know, prioritizing specific interests for that. But the, the Australian press is putting it quite bluntly that this decision, this agreement, means potentially that the first Western soldiers, if there is a conflict, to fall in that region, in the Pacific region, will be Australian soldiers. So they will have to pay a hefty price. Christina, they, they, they vaguely give off a sense of peril uh, emanating from China, but they never actually say what it is that China has done wrong. Mm. Even the professor there, the only thing he could mention was that China had built a powerful military. Well, not as powerful as the United uh, States. Not, no, it's lifted more people out of poverty than in any time in human history. 600 million Chinese. Well, perhaps that's, that's where their money's been going. Perhaps that's this the problem. To yeah, perhaps that's the problem. But do you see my point? China hasn't actually done anything mm. against no. anybody, On the even Taiwan. On the contrary. Mm. It is at every point talking about cooperation. And it shows, though, an alternative that in this decaying system we're living in, let's face it, it is an alternative that is threatening the, the status quo. They are talking about investment in productive industry, right? And here we are talking about uh, trying to bypass or overcome this uh, systemic crisis with another war. And there is talk of new militarism, creating jobs in Australia. A blatant lie. Why don't we follow China's mm. example of lifting people out of poverty? We are talking here about children um, facing hunger. Mm. And do we really want another war? Can we not spend these billions on education, on welfare, on health? On, on the environment, what is preventing us? Well, of course, it is imperialism. But what we should emphasize is that this agreement shows a split in the imperialist front. The imperialists, even though they want to project this um, image of strength, which is what is needed right now with China and Russia um, threatening uh, their uh, world domination, what is happening, we see a split in two camps. We have NATO and we also have Europe. Europe, uh, in September, the, the president of the Commission, of the European Commission, Ursula uh, von uh, Leider, uh, talked about the need and to, to have a strong Europe, determined like a mother, um, juggling her many children. She actually made an example of her own self. I'm sure that a lot of working class Mothers will have a lot to say about how easy it is in the current system to juggle children and work. But she said that we should follow the example of a caring, determined mother. And Europe should emphasize youth. And 2022 should be the year of youth that sacrificed herself, itself, uh, for others. So there is really a rhetoric mm. for war and for the creation of a European army. We are starting with, they're talking about 6,000 soldiers, 5,000 soldiers of which 
can uh, operate worldwide. So this is, this is the way imperialism copes with this crisis. Well, I, I personally, I'd swap a European army for the NATO uh, <laughs> military alliance, but that's, I suppose, a subject for another uh, day. Christina, last word to you. I believe that this era that we have now entered into will be the beginning of a, of a Chinese century, but one of the hallmarks of it is the extraordinary closeness between China and Russia economically, militarily, geostrategically, this vast expense, expanse of land uh, and uh, people and power, energy and so on. The future uh, is good for China. Why shouldn't it just bite its lip in the face of these provocations? Well, these are really extreme provocations. I mean, uh, the cynical spy talked about the, the Five Eyes Alliance. This That's we have ten to, white eyes. We have to remember, this is exactly, this is um, a shared intelligence network that acts as a single entity and produces statements about China and uh, condemns China's record of human rights. I mean, what is this? Is this democracy? Uh, New Zealand, of course, I referred to it earlier, was not comfortable with this uh, stance toward China. And it does show a possible way of putting stability, trade, cooperation before anything else. But what we also see is this myth of friendly trade, this myth that there can be cooperation under imperialism, shattering. Uh, the question is, who will lead the thrust, the imperialist thrust against China and Russia? And it seems that there is a split, a disagreement. There is a disagreement as to the priority of the target. European Union, the formation of European army is going to have as a priority Russia. And of course, intimidating Russia to drop the strategic partnership it has with China. NATO? makes another choice now to prioritize China. Nothing good will come out of this for the working people across the world, for the taxpayers in Australia, for people like my native Greece, who in, in, to, to, in order to make up for part of the loss of France, poor, ravaged from neoliberal austerity and memoranda, Greece had to give five billion to buy some French frigates. So nothing good will come out of this for the working people. We have to oppose this war that the US imperialism is dragging us to. If not, research is showing that 85 million people will die in the first 45 minutes of a general conflict like that. Thanks for listening to Proletarian Radio. We aim to bring you the best Marxist analysis on current affairs, revolutionary history, and theory. Do like, comment, subscribe, and share our content to help us reach the widest possible audience. We are a small organization with limited resources, and we need worker support if we are to grow and fulfill our mission. If you are able to make a one-off or regular donation, no matter how small, please visit our website 
at thecommunists.org and register as a supporter.